Hello nerds, welcome to the Captain's Quarters, the unofficial Star Trek rewatch podcast where we are rewatching the entire Star Trek franchise starting at the beginning of the official chronology. Starting with Star Trek Enterprise, today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 13 called United. My name's Gabe and I'm with my co-captain Jason. Make it so, Jason. Joe True Captain Gabe, how are you? A fitting retort considering that's a Romulan thing, right? Joel on True? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do the synopsis. In this episode, the tension between the Enterprise crew and the Romulans escalates as the Romulans continue to use their cloaked drone to attack their enemies. While on board the drone, Tucker and Reed struggle to survive as the Romulans coerce them to gain control of the drone. Meanwhile, Captain Archer seeks help from Earth, Vulcan, Andorians, and Tellurites to establish a surveillance grid, but their efforts are hindered when one of Strand's crew members dies after being shot by a phaser uh, from a Tellurite in the last episode. Devastated, Strand challenges the Tellurite that shot her to a blood duel, but Archer takes his place to avoid derailing the negotiations. The fight is intense, but Archer emerges victorious, and Shran promises continued Andorian support for the grid. The episode ends with the revelation that the drone's true pilot is a subspecies of of the Andorian race, which sets up the next chapter in the conflict between the Enterprise crew and the Romulans. So we're going to get another episode, apparently. And we're going to... Yeah. Yeah. And um, this was an action-packed one, man. And... Having not seen the original series, yep. my frame of reference is um, the movie, the Jim Carrey vehicle, the cable guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When um, he, t- he um, the <laughs> cable guy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we do not do this, they will kill us both. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I gotta ask, man, was that a reference to that? And was this a reference to that? And Yeah. <laughs> so if that wasn't, if that was not a reference to the fight between Kirk and Spock in the episode called Mock Time, <laughs> then I have I mean, you know, I mean when, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, when you yourself um uh, you know, when you're reference, when you yourself was referencing down, 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 red night going down, then yeah, it's gotta be right. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. That was my reaction when I watched this. I was like, oh, okay, they're okay. This is kind of a throwback to a mock time and the battle between Kirk and Spock to the death and all that kind of stuff. So yes, definitely. I would definitely agree with you. <laughs> and spoiler alert, I assume <laughs> neither Kirk, I'm sorry? spoiler alert, neither Kirk, Kirk nor Spock dies, I assume. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. And I'll leave it that. Oh, intriguing. <laughs> I love how like, I'm the only one who doesn't know. Probably everyone who's listening <laughs> to this knows the answer, and I'm like the one person who doesn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> and we got some cool world building with the Andorians, because when they are fighting, uh, mm-hmm. they're using these Andorian, like, ridged, like, blades. Like, these serrated, mm-hmm. ridged 
uh, one-handed blades that we learned on Andoria. Apparently Andoria is covered in ice. They use these blades to cut the ice, but they also fight with them when they do these blood duels. Yeah. I didn't know that about Andoria. I thought that was cool. I totally forgot that. It's, it's you know, in the original series, there's some Andor- there there are a couple episodes with Andorians, but by the time we get to Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, you know, we don't hear or see the Andorians very much, which is sad. Um <laughs> Because I think there could be so many more stories about them, especially in this, in Enterprise, if they were given a fifth season. I mean, for Star Trek fans, I mean, come on. I mean, how could we not have gotten either an alliance or a fight between the Andorians and the Klingons and both sides going, hey, we're a lot alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm surprised, you know, it's sad, yeah, it's sad and unfortunate, but yeah, I totally, I totally I, I agree with you. Um, I, I didn't remember that the, the Ushan tour and the ice pick, you know, the ice pick weapons and the fight to the death and the blood thing taken back to Andorra and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So... Yeah. So even for me, in a, in a in a way, it was still like, oh, cool, <laughs> a realization. Um. Okay. One thing I noticed was that T'Pol is completely back. I mean, I guess we got a lot of like T'Pol dialogue in this one. She is she's over her like jitters. She had the mm-hmm. illness that was cured by. Um. The the Cyrenites? Oh my goodness! I already forgot what they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Never thought she'd be cured of that. Yeah. I just thought in this episode, it was pronounced her her recovery. She was because she, she had a couple conversations with with Captain Archer, and she was like, um, just very clear and very non emotional, no jitters, and I just thought it was nice to have a. Old to pull back. Yeah, just a small thing. You didn't think you, you didn't you didn't think that there was a little bit of like, why are you fighting him, man? <laughs> See, no, I didn't. I thought she was like stone cold about it, cause like, oh, because when he when okay. he tells her he's gonna do it, she's like, she doesn't like yell at him or say like, what are you doing, man? Don't do it. You know. Yeah. You could tell yeah. that she thought that Shran was going to win the duel just by just by looking at him you could see that that's what she thought but she didn't act on the fear she just like let it go that's true that's true that's true maybe it was my eyes that was kind of feeling oh there is like you know there is a little bit like there was a little tinge I don't know but it was a little bit there there's like a little tinge like a it was but that just could have been mine no it that just could have been my wistful it was there and that's how i knew she was afraid that shran was going to win okay but she didn't freak out about it i feel like right pre-seronite to paul would have like not handled it and i 
didn't enjoy that to Paul as much. I like this to Paul. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. 100%. And uh, an incredibly ballsy move by Archer. Um, and in my synopsis maybe didn't emphasize it, but like Archer was willing to sacrifice himself because he realized like what an important union this was between the, the Tellurites and the Andorians, and it was worth the risk in his mind. I, I don't, he didn't have like an ace up his sleeve or, or a crystal ball. Like he didn't know if he was going to win, but to no, him, it was yeah. like, if Shran kills this Tellurite, this alliance will never happen. Yeah. And this alliance is worth more than my life. So yeah, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. hundred percent agreed. I mean, this is another example of, again, world building. This is probably, would you say this is probably one of the more pivotal foundational episodes that of Star Trek Enterprise that we've seen? And the, and the reason I say that is because that last scene and and the entire this whole mini two episode arc that we've witnessed this is the beginnings of the federation right this is the foundation to the federation yes in the humans playing an active role yes yes and to your point it was so important that archer was willing to sacrifice himself and a pretty gruesome... Can we go back to the duel? I mean, can you imagine? They were locked to each other. Yeah. Shran and Archer were connected by this metal string thing. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, and that, they did the, and, like, and that, the Michael Jackson um, bad video when they have the knife fight and they tie their arms together. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. They did that. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I interrupted you. What were yeah, we going to exactly. say? No, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. But yeah. And and that one leg cut that Shran lands mm-hmm. in Archer's uh, thigh, I'm like, ooh, that was deep. Yeah. That was deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> And also we learn that if an Andorian gets his antenna, his or her antenna cut off, it grows back. Yeah. Um, do you remember how long they said it takes? Uh, I think he said nine months. Nine months. Nine months, I think. Yeah. But I, but also uh, Flock said because he had done something like electrocortical s- stimulation or something, he would get it. He would regrow it back in half the time. That's right. Okay. And we al- we also learned that Andorians, if they're shot by a phaser, are prone to a specific infection. And that's what kills yeah. Talus. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because really, it was only a flesh... Because it really was only like a shot in the arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But totally. I mean, you know, you could totally see that... Um, 
a phaser beam or whatever kind of weapon that was could carry a yeah that you know could cause a mm-hmm. bacterial or <laughs> fungal infection or some sort of infection or whatever right so and then so there's a whole thing with reed and and um tucker yeah. on the drone they're playing games with the romulans because the romulans are remoting in at one point they they trap tucker in a room um tucker and reed are like disabling um like the warp matrix so the romulans have like cameras and they can see so they're like releasing toxins and they say like undo what you did otherwise you're gonna die Mm-hmm. But they prevail. Reed and Tucker prevail. They use, they work together, and they outwit the Romulans. And um, the way that they're saved at the end is when, so they're able to to escape the ship. They put on their their Enviro suits. What are the suits called? Yeah, Enviro suits. Okay. Which enables them to be in space. So they basically just eject into space. And they're floating in space. And they get picked up. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen... You've seen the movie Airplane 2, right? I have seen it, but I don't remember it. So when Dave... Uh, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When Rock blows the hatch uh, on the two co-pilots... Mm-hmm. And they're sucked out into space. And, um, <laughs> sorry, but it's exactly what I thought. I don't know why it brought me to that, but so the two pilots, they're not, they don't have Enviro suits, so they're killed, basically. Killed. Yeah. But they are, ki- they are killed, unfortunately, in the movie. And when later on in the movie, you can, you hear the 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 blue Danube, da, 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 da. and the two pilots and the two pilots are locked in this space waltz as if they were dead. That's a funny scene. I don't know why that. I don't know why that brought me back to. It. No, that is very that is very apt here because they were <laughs> they were. Um, it was pretty comedic them them floating around like. Yes. Hoping to get picked up. So yeah, I like that. Just because they couldn't get a sensor lock on this ship, the the Romulan the Romulan vessel. So yeah. <clears throat> so one thing was when they devised this plan to get all the different fleets together to form this grid. I thought it was a little excessive, and it was not believable that you could get people to commit a hundred and twenty eight ships. Yeah, to to, to was, basically do I them agree. a favor because the point of that really was, I mean, there was finding Tucker and Reed, but also, mm-hmm. but also um, justice, right, for the the attacks that were that were committed by by the Romulan ship. Well, I think the initial plan, because they 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 tried this in Star Trek: The Next Generation, is that. You get enough ships together and you form this, 
I don't remember what kind of net this was, but let's call it a a tachyon pulse net or whatever. Okay. And so the idea is that the more ships, the bigger the net. And so I think their plan, the plan was that they would want this ship to pass through the net and it would expose the underbelly, you know, it would disable the hollow emitters and it would show that it wasn't a Telluride ship or, you know, uh, Andorian Enterprise or itself Enterprise. or Andorian yeah. or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be. Yeah. So I, I think the initial plan was that they borrowed the idea from Star Trek The Next Generation in, in, in the episode Redemption Part 2. Yes, I think. Yeah, hmm. I think so. Interesting. But that was a little bit different. That was a little bit different. And I'm not going to go into that because that would ruin. I don't want to ruin that for anybody who hasn't seen that. Okay. What uh, what rating would you give this one, Jason? Uh, I'm, I, so honestly, this would get three pips. Uh, this is going to be a commander's. This is going to be a commander rank episode for me. Uh, like we talked about the world building, uh, the 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 feder the align the the building of the federation, Archer's you know. The fight, the the fight scene between Archer, just the whole thing between Archer and Shran, that whole that whole dynamic and that whole relationship, I think. That was brilliantly done, uh, and just more and more, and and two little things actually that the the pilot that you mentioned is an Enar, a sub, you said sub race or yeah. sub population mm-hmm. of Andorians. Yep. Yeah. So I so I didn't think that they captured. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say captured. I didn't think that they either captured or allied with the Enar for this for them to get the pilot. I honestly thought that it was just a Romulan piloting the ship, right? I did, yeah, for sure. You would think, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and then the other thing, where did those two Remans come from? <laughs> uh, which ones? So, there were two alien adults behind oh, and following oh, right. yeah, yeah. The, the Romulan uh, senator. What are they called? And I'm like, they're Remans. Remans, okay. Yeah, so, you know, the story between Romulus and Remus, the two brothers? No, I have no idea. Two brothers? No clue. Am I supposed to know this? Okay. No, well, in... Oh, shoot. Greek mythology. Greek mythology. Okay, okay. There are two brothers, Romulus and Remus. Oh, okay. That rings a bell. And they're, they're... Greek mythology. <laughs> I don't, Greek or Roman? I think it's Greek. Okay. But anyways, I could be totally off. Someone yell at me, um, and tell me that I'm wrong. Uh. Anyways, they that's their that's their name. That's what that's who they're named after in the Star Trek universe. So, Romulus and Remus. And then, you know, we get Romulans and Remans. And Remans are supposedly this sub, almost enslaved 
by the Romulans. So I'm surprised there were two Remans so close to this Romulan senator. I see. I don't know what that's all about. But they're subservient. Yeah. They're like yeah. enslaved. They, they're, yeah, because they mine... So the Romulans enslave them on, Rem- on Remus and on um, to mine dilithium ore, I think. Okay. Or some sort of precious metal on Remus, and so they're this slave subservient class within the Romulan Star Empire, and I'm surprised. And they'll probably get into it in the next episode, but I'm surprised to see Remans so close to a Romulan senator. Interesting. Cool. Unless they serve him, or they there's a different role for them at this time. Interesting. Huh. So there's so there's a lot of world building, and I'm sad. Again, as we've talked about it. You know, I'm sad that this is it. This is the last season. We don't get any more. <laughs> and it's starting to get good. <laughs> like, really good. <clears throat> what do you think? I liked it a lot, yeah. Um, it's. It was hard not to giggle a bit when they were... When it, when it escalated to a death you know a blood duel um you know it's like like wow that that really escalated quickly yeah you know last episode archer and tran are drinking blue blue tequila from andoria and now they're now they're locked in a a death match um but you know I wasn't hung up on that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I liked the world building, as you said. And and also for me, like, I've been, like, you know, wanting to learn about Romulans for four seasons now. And now I'm finally get to. And uh, it's just one of those things that's been exciting since early on. And um, now that I get to, that that part's cool. So I'm, I'm eating that up for sure. And I didn't know that Romulus and the Remus stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, love the world building. I love, I love the, uh, the choice that, uh, Star Trek always presents in this case with, uh, Captain Archer, um, being willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Yep. Not, not, I, I honestly couldn't think of, like, I feel like any other story would have a thing where someone would would put themselves in harm's way but they would always know they're gonna be okay or like have a trick up their sleeve yeah that would be revealed at the end like aha got you you know what I mean? but there wasn't that this was just archer like i'm just gonna go in and fight him <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know Maybe I'm wrong there. I bet if I thought about it long enough, no, I'd be... I, no, not at all. I just thought no, that, yeah. I just thought that was a very Star Trek moment. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. 
I'm enjoying these these three episode arcs that this season has presented. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I did have a question about this this Einar. So is this something that was previously yeah. established in another in another series? Well, I mean the only Enar Enar that comes yeah, the only Enar that comes to my mind is Hemmer from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And that just came out last year. Hmm. And I haven't seen Star Trek Enterprise in 20 years, so I totally forgot. I totally forgot hmm. that there was an Enar and that they established the Enar in this and maybe and maybe Star Trek the Animated Series? Maybe. Okay. But that's about it. Wow. Okay. And and to be honest with you, the and the only reason I say maybe for Star Trek the Animated Series is because they don't really establish that that it's an Enar. He's there's just a gray Andorian first officer that replaces Spock in an alternate timeline. And that didn't even cross my mind that I think his name is Thalen. And that he's an Enar because one, they don't say. Two, he's not blind. And then three, 1970s Star Trek the Animated Series was... Let's call it the Star Trek the original series of animated television shows in my in the time in of all the cartoons animated tv that i've seen it wasn't always animated <laughs> in the with the most quality assurances and i'll leave it at that huh there would be you know oh why did uhura turn or why did kirk turn you know, beat red all of a sudden and then go back to his, you know, white colored skin or why did Spock, you know, have these huge ears or whatever the case was, and then go back and then the com, you know, the insignia badges are huge one second, the next scene, you know, so it wasn't exactly, you know, the best quality animated television show i've ever seen got it so i wasn't sure so that's why i say maybe <laughs> <laughs> but we're still gonna watch it oh yeah oh it oh star trek the animated series is great animate animated series <laughs> all right man hey was there anything else about this episode you wanted to talk about uh I think the date uh, was given November 15th, 2154. And then I think that's it. Do you think we're going to Romulus next episode? And that we're going to see these this mining operation you're talking about. And, uh, Oh, do you mean, do you, do, do we think that our, our friendly neighborhood enterprise will make it yeah. to, mm -hmm. Mmm, that's a really good question. 
I'm going to say no. Okay. But I do think, but obviously I do think we'll see plenty of shots of Romulus, but not from because our friends got it have invaded or been welcomed or whatever the case might be got it and we think that the romulans so their, their planet's called romulus is that right yeah okay. do you think do mm-hmm. you think they're they don't want a federation because it would infringe on their power that's what's going on here Yes. They're not Yes. It, they're not part of like some sinister plot with like the shadowy figure from the last No, no, thing, no. Or they're this, in cahoots with like no. the remnants of the like Vulcan high they, command. No, or, no, no. Okay. No. I no. Um this is just a power play in the quadrant. I think if they see their they would lose standing within the quadrant if there was this alliance between our friends. Okay. And they would not want that. They would not want their enemies encircling their empire because then they would have to deal with that. And then the Klingons and all the other species in their, and gain a foothold in their territory. And we haven't even talked about the Gorn yet. So the what? The Gorn. What's that? They're uh, a reptilian alien species, and I don't know if we're if we see the Gorn or not in this, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, this is just a this is just a um, a chess match for uh, for their empire. Okay. While you were talking, I was listening intently, but I was also reading about Romulus and Remus. So Yes, yes. So they were going to build a city together, but they, there was a disagreement. Romulus kills Remus in a fit of rage, and then Romulus went on to found the city of Rome on the site where they had planned to build together. Right! Right. Yes, okay. I was wrong. Roman. Yeah, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. You're right. It is Roman mythology. Roman mythology. mythology. They were born to the god Mars and the Vestal Virgin Rhea Silvia. Rhea Silvia. But I'm not I'm not I'm not understanding the connection between other than the than the name, obviously. That's about it. Okay. That's about it. Okay. There's not really. Remans didn't spawn off Romulans. Romulans, no. no okay. No, that it's a very loose. It's just in name only. Got it. Okay. I mean, I guess you could argue that Romulus was the dominant one, and obviously the Romulans are dominant yeah. over yeah. the Re- Remus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and 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 the Romulans are. They are sort of modeled in the Roman... Darn it, I totally... I'm, I'm a little annoyed at myself that I didn't remember that Rome is actually named after Romulus. Okay. Uh, and that... Yeah, okay, so th- there's also like a Rome... Uh, a Roman... A Romulan Senate 
that uh, runs the gamut, more or less, and there's usually a dominant figurehead at the center of Romulan politics, kind of like a Caesar, kind of like an emperor kind of deal. So yeah, I, I totally forget. Yeah. Well, speak, Rome. so <laughs> speaking of, yeah, so Brian Thompson okay. is the, the Romulan dude, Valdor. Oh, the Admiral? Yeah. And he's a mainstay in Star Trek, but he was also in the Terminator. He was uh, in the film Cobra. Did you ever see that with Sylvester Stallone? He's like no. he's like a recognizable person. That's why I bring it up. When I saw his oh, picture, I was like, "Oh, okay. that guy." Oh. He's just like this okay. like okay. meathead, like bad guy, oftentimes okay. and stuff. And uh, I thought he played it well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah, apparently, apparently he's um, uh, he was a Klingon lieutenant, Clag. Um, yeah. Oh. I don't know. It doesn't say though which okay. which franchise that or okay. which series that was. So. Okay. Um, okay. Well, want to talk about uh, Star Wars? How could we not? Um, are you caught up? Right? I am. Okay. I, I mean... So, spoiler alerts for anybody listening who is not caught up on Mandalorian. So, we are on season three. Do you have any idea what episode we're on, Jason? Five? I think it's, I think it's six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Six. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, I loved it. I thought it was great. The, uh, lots of cameos, Jack Black, Lizzo, Christopher Lloyd. And. Great Scott! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him alone. What a cameo. Yes. Yes. Um, so it reminded me so much of Bespin. So Mando and... Yeah. <laughs> and um, oh my gosh, I already forgot her name. What's her name? Did, oh, uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, thank you. I kept thinking of the actress as Katie Sackoff, right? Katie Sackoff. Yeah, like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they go to a planet that, that has domes, which is interesting because that's what Mandalore was like. And, you know, yes. the, the like, governor guy is Jack Black. It was quite a surprise. Yeah. But it reminded me so much of Can, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where is Lizzo from? Is she Lizzo? I'm like, I'm like, do you, who? Yeah, she is a pop star. Oh, yeah. she's a musician. Yeah. Oh. So that's the thing. Okay. So she like. Sorry guys, I live under a rock. Yeah. I I did not know who that was. 
you probably would recognize her music, but she's, she, um, not only is she like, like a, you know, a charting, um, yeah, yeah, pop star, yeah. like a major pop star. Okay. She's also a classically trained flautist. Like, like oh, I don't, wow. I don't know where she went that's to school. Awesome. Maybe it was Juilliard or wow, something. Or that's awesome. But she's like, like legitimately, like, has like a degree maybe multiple degrees in music in flute like she's world-class okay okay and she's a great actor yeah i mean i think she's i I thought she was great in that yeah people a lot of people had issues i didn't have a problem just i thought it was very star wars people are you know people want something that's grittier and darker but and there there's a place for that but there's also there's yes. also like Bespin. Like think about when when they first land in Bespin and and Lando is kind of show, chauffeuring him around and everything is kind of cheery. Like yeah. it, to me, it was exactly that tone. Okay, okay, okay. So when we landed there and we get and I'm like, oh no, it's Jack. I was like, I was like, are you serious? It's Jack Black. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as soon as we got there, there was a mix of. Neverland, Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and one of the places in probably like either Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. I think I want to say Hobbit. Um, maybe. But I was like, okay. And specifically, the hook, the 1990s Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, that never land. Because I thought they would be flinging, you know, rainbow colored food across the table <laughs> when we saw them at that big, at that huge, um, <laughs> at that huge, uh, um, you know, banquet table is what I wanted to say. So, yeah, yeah, no, I can totally see that. Tonally, it was right there with with yeah. that type of fantasy. So, um, what what did you think of that overall? I I I, I walked away with it. As it was entertaining, but I, I wasn't sure how much. How involved that was or what that was all supposed to mean. Did they just create this world for Lizzo, Jack Black and um, Christopher Lloyd to kind of operate in? Or do you think we see this or... What role was that? I think it was showing how the New Republic is failing at giving systems what they need and want. Okay. And how the Mandalorians can fill that void. But they don't necessarily have to do it as mercenaries. They're kind of like doing it. I mean, they are doing it as mercenaries, but they're, it's something more than that. It's 
uh, it's just something more than that. It's, uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. And I think that's, this yeah, was so- like, you know, if they're going to go around the universe, um, the galaxy, uh, yes. you know, yeah. filling this void of a weak government, then, yes. then this is what it's going to kind of look like. They're going to have to deal with all kinds of diverse planets and people and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought too, but I, I guess I got lost in like, you know, that their ship was transported into a different like universe or, you know, different like dimension and they, and they end up in this, you know, this, (laughs) Alice in Wonderland kind of deal, and I and I guess I kind of got lost in that, but I totally I, I I get that I totally get it yeah yeah that's what I thought too, but I wasn't I was like okay is this just this okay okay <laughs> I, I I got really caught up in the in the yeah it's a small world after all kind of like fantasy kind of land deal yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah it's it's interesting. Star Wars is so divisive, like, because most people are just complaining about the things that we're celebrating right here with this episode. But I mean, this is a series, this is a franchise where, like, you know, there's Ewoks who try to. Yes. Yes. Who tie up Luke and his friends and they're going to, you know, sacrifice them and eat them. And then it's. It's fine to be like silly um, yeah. and and absurd, I guess, is what really the word is. I don't agree I don't disagree with Once that. Once in a I while. It's like a it's almost like yeah. comic relief or something. Yeah. Yeah. But Well, I mean, you know, the aliens in Java's Palace or Yeah. Yeah. Or like you were mentioning in Bespin. Right. Yeah, so it was a pretty jam-packed one, man. I mean, like, I as you know, I don't I don't super know the animated stuff very well, but like that prince at the beginning, that was like a callback. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love that. I loved the I I I want yeah, I love that. The the on Moncal the the rivalry or whatever mm-hmm. on Moncal yeah. and the Quarren. I love that. I and that was so cool they brought that back. That's been missing for me, anyways. I know it's not missing for a lot of people, but it's missing for me. Well and, it was it was novel though bringing them together. Cause normally they're they're like enemies. It's yes. like a Romeo and Juliet thing. Yes, yes. But I thought at this time, maybe they might be... To use, a, not, you know, to use a lesser phrase, to kind of dampen the quarrel between the Quarren and the, uh, and the Moncala. So I, I thought at this time it might be, you know, eh, that was years ago. Well, but even as recently as like season one of Mandalorian, when we first meet Bo-Katan and we see those Calmarians and they are fighting with the... Oh, that's right! With them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. 
And so this is yeah, like the forbidden right. love, this prince and this princess. Yes. Yes. But. And I'm so glad that didn't end in bloodshed, thankfully. And I, yeah, well, I did see, though, something that was saying that one of Din's in this show's, like, season one or whatever, like, one of his first bounties was the prince. It was like. Oh. It was like. Or, or no, he they presented him. He's like, there's a prince who um, has gone missing and he's known to break the rules. Oh. And your job is to bring him home. And like Din like passed. He's like, no thanks, something else. But they did yeah. like show him. And this was like a callback all the way to that. Oh, wow. I didn't remember that <laughs> at all. And then also the the droid like labor thing yes that was very reminiscent of your favorite movie solo yes it was and that that I, was something okay. i really enjoyed about that film okay so and it is a film I, yeah i i thought i i i i, I was like is that is that like a is that a thing towards Solo, or is this just them doing, you know, is this just Mandalorian doing an, another thing that just so happens to kind of harken back to Solo? But okay, if I it is, I don't, then okay, no, yeah. I don't know if it is or not. I just, oh, okay, I just, okay. as a fan of Solo, oh, and okay. someone who really appreciated, like, that that part of solo yeah to see it again in this yes. i enjoyed very much okay because and i think for me is like i always loved when i was a kid i loved c3po and r2d2 like even mm -hmm. though they were mm -hmm. droids i cared for them and like you know when something bad would happen to them you know I, it was it was sad, even though you knew that yeah. they were inorganic. You still felt felt bad for them. Yes, I, I've said this before, I'll, but I'll mention it again. I think at the end of Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. you pull back from the credits. Okay, and it is C three PO, and the camera <laughs> were down on the ground with the Ewoks. Yeah. And it is C-3PO telling the story of <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. All right, buddy. <clears throat> it's like Star Tours. But no, that was, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but yes. Yeah, I, okay. I could totally see that. And that's where I thought too. I was like, are they really throwing this back to Solo? Really? <laughs> <laughs> So do you think it was the wolf, the wolves that were the bounty hunters that were on the bounty for? Oh, uh, Moff Gideon. It was. Do you think it was Casca? And <sighs> so I didn't remember that the guy was also that trio between Bo-Katan, Casca, and Aves, Eves. Okay. Whatever his name is. The one that uh, Bo-Katan fought at the end. The guy. Hmm. 
the dude. Yeah. The I totally forgot that they were together on that Moncala, on that Moncala mm-hmm. trading post outlet planet thing or whatever. I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a long time ago. I mean, it's not like this this season comes out every year. It's it's like two two years, right? Or three years, or I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah. And was that in season one or season two? I don't know, man. I see it feels like season see the thing is is it feels like it should be season two, but it feels like it was so long ago that it, it could have been season one. Yeah. To me, that that yeah. episode feels like it was three years ago, but it was like okay, you know what I'm saying? yeah, and, and it probably was. It, yeah, no, I totally <laughs> get it. Yeah, because like we got Obi Wan Kenobi and then Andor, and now I'm mixing all of those up, and yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Well, um... but I will say for Christopher Lloyd, I thought he was going to turn into the. Into the judge, like he would have the judge moment. Yeah, you, from who, Roger uh, Rabbit. Who framed uh, Roger Ro- yeah. Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. I thought he would get into his. When I killed your and brother, maybe because he's I talked now. just right. like this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But then, but then he didn't, and I'm like, okay, he is like he's he's in his 80s, I think. But then, oh, oh man. When Bo-Katan, like, figures out that he's a separatist, mm-hmm. and he, like, lauds Count Dooku, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He was a genius! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, us and a lot of people who talk about Star Wars noted mm-hmm. that when Din was captured on Mandalore. He lost the saber. Bo-Katan beat the, like, grievous light. And then, so technically now she has the saber, but then that didn't play out. Yes. And we're like, well, I guess that doesn't how it works. I guess that isn't how it works. But now here we are, fast forward two or three episodes. Apparently that is how it works, because at the end of this one... Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And that was one of those things that was like, oh, I guess we don't know how it works, but maybe it's a technicality, but here we are. It, apparently, it was just a delayed thing. Uh, so Yeah. Well, th- that's a harken back to the rules of the Ulan Shar, right? If there's a loophole <laughs> yeah. in this United episode from Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where was uh, Sato and... And Mer- and Mayweather looking for the yeah, the rules on right. who gets the dark saber. <laughs> no, I, exactly right. And you know, and I saw something else that was like, well, technically Luke beat Gideon. Uh, I don't know. There was something where it was like technically, technically, if you were to follow it all the way, Luke is actually in position yes. of the saber because yes, he, he yes. came in and beat Gideon. I don't know. So who knows? Okay. I don't. I don't claim to know. It seems like there's probably a lot of wiggle room. So this is the who should possess the elder wand. <laughs> is that Harry Potter? Harry Potter, yes. Um, well, 
That's as far as I'll go, Harry Potter fans. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> well, the, so these Mandalorians, so Bo-Katan seems to be like the chosen one who's going to unite the clans. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, yeah. and it's kind of looking like maybe this show, The Mandalorian, maybe is Bo-Katan. You know, like it's it's safe to assume yeah. assume that it's Din, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's all been I asked up you this, to this last week. I this is why I asked you this last week. Yeah. Or yeah, last week when I was like, this feels like this is and and, and to go one step further, mm-hmm. I would probably I would probably also add the Mandalorians. I think. This is this season, anyways. Is totally, totally about the Mandalorians mm-hmm. and going back to Mandalore. Yeah. And how, like, and how backwards sometimes that they feel like, because you know, oh, you can't go back to Mandalore. There's nothing there. It was destroyed by the Empire. Oh. Nope, we were wrong. <laughs> right, right. Not one person went back to Mandalore and was like, oh yeah, this looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it is habitable. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only two episodes left, and you know, it seems inevitable Bo-Katan's gonna go back to Mandalore and and tame the Mythosaur. Mm-hmm. Because, um, so another thing is that in season one, when, uh, when Din, um, is meeting with that, uh, species who we see in this episode, who is the, like, the hardworking ones, the... Oh, oh, the Ugnaughts? Yeah, the Ugnaughts. Yes, thank you. So early, early on in this, in that series, when he's with that Ugnaught... Um, yes. who helps him out with like with like a mount he says um something like the mandalorians tamed the mythosaur so you should be able to tame this beast and then later on the armorer mm-hmm. says something about so- something to the effect of the the prophecy says the next one to tame the mythosaur yes. will unite the clans or whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, and we assume that from there, because that was early on, we assume that that's Din. Um, but Bo-Katan. And I just, I do, I just like how yeah. it has been like a long arc set up. It's not, um, I like the long arc stuff. It's cool. Totally down for it. With the, with the adventures, other adventures sprinkled in. Yeah. Okay. So my question mm-hmm. is. They're obviously going to either get into conflict or or going to have to try to clear their name. With the New Republic. Yeah. Because it feels like Uppa is Captain Uppa is on the trail now. Hmm. That, you know, um, I don't remember his name, but it's Uppa from Kitten's Convenience. Okay. Captain Carson, Carson Tava. Okay. Um, you know, the rebel pilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the Paul Sun Young Lee. Yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah, so where do you think that goes? Do you think they're going to have to... And do you think it was Casca and Avies, Avies or whatever his name is, that freed Moff Gideon? I mean, yeah. they're on it. They were on an imperial ship. Yeah, and I don't know. And the fact that they established that it was Mandalorians that freed him, I feel like it has to be. But it's kind of like, well, then if they did, where's Gideon? And and then why are they still acting like good guys? Because they would have to have killed, um, Republic guards to to do that. They did. Yeah, they did. They did. So, yeah, you saw them floating around. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And I saw one thing. In the shuttle. I saw one thing being like theorizing that that's Cara Dune. One of those hands in that ship was Cara Dune. And that's how they, that's how they uh, officially write her oh, off. Oh, that's how they off. The, <laughs> oh, that's, is that how they offed her? Oh, interesting. It was a very spurious, oh, <laughs> very spurious theory though. Okay. Um, okay. Mm. But. Yeah, I I do think so. Although I don't quite see how it fits, unless later on he's this axe dude is gonna be evil. Like right now, he's just yeah. kind of playing along, but maybe he'll reveal himself to to be evil. So, because as you said, there's only two episodes left, and I feel like that there's a bunch of um loose ends still to tie up unless they don't and they're like okay we're gonna have to wait till season four or ahsoka i mean to me the mythosaur thing has to happen um like where to and then bigger than that is like what role are these mandalorians gonna play in the greater conflict because like we know what happens after this, and they're not shown in in uh, the movies, um, and that just could be because this wasn't planned yet. But I don't see them like retconning the movies. Like like I don't think this ends with them defeating the first order or whatever, whatever it is, you know. So, yeah, of course, of course. So I, that the imperial remnants. Yeah. At this time. yeah, like I just what I'm getting at is like I I wonder if it's like they're gonna like the the first order is gonna like kill all the Mandalorians as a way to explain why they're not there in the sequel mm. trilogy, and then that's like that would be that's obviously gonna be a huge deal. Well, I can't imagine that's the case, but. Like, I think a more Disney satisfying thing would be, like, somehow, like, establish them as part of the conflict, but do it in a way where they're just, like, regional. So it's, like, the reason why we yeah. we just don't know because we just didn't experience him. Or or maybe they do the thing like, like they did in the animated series where they sprinkle in stuff that happened in the movies but they show like it's just like from another angle basically if that makes sense like oh. like ahsoka battling darth vader stuff like that you know oh, o- obi-wan like fighting lion king one and a half where we see the movie in from timon and pumbaa's point of view yeah 
Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. I think that would be a s- somewhat satisfying way. Like, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. In me- yeah, I, I just don't. I just didn't. I just didn't happen. I just don't happen to think that that they're that the Mandalorians are that they were big enough, you know, in the sequel trilogy seven, eight, nine. Right, to just, you know, that they weren't. And again, that was just not part of the the main story. Yeah. No, I know. I I mean, I I don't think they kill him is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But they have to be, they don't have to be, but I, I just think that they're setting themselves up to be huge players in the game that like oh interesting it it can't you know like this episode is part of that you know in the last episode too honestly um with the pirate you know the the republic wasn't going to do anything so the mandalorians had to come right 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 and in this case right you know this episode's literally called guns for hire so i don't know i just think they're they're going to play that role and I just think it'd be cool if they figure out a way to like integrate them playing that role during the sequel time, contributing to that arc that the sequel was. But, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone would be 15 years older, I guess, right? Something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, I don't know. Now I'm just mindlessly speculating. So let's wrap it up, buddy. We're at an hour. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Um, thanks. Always appreciate this. Appreciate you doing this. Everyone. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Everybody who's listening, you're the best. And uh, we appreciate it. Follow us on all the stuff. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram and uh, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and and Spotify. And until next time, fight the empire. This is the way. See ya.